shut your eyes. Can you imagine your future? Now, take a step forward. Are you ready to move in the direction of freedom, peace, and possibility? Welcome to The Way to the Top, where we will examine the process of where you are in life and where you are going. Your potential lies in the process not at the top. Watch your life transform before, while on the way to the top. What's up, everybody? James here with James Gourmet Pies. And today, we are missing the co-host, um, LaTroy. He's under the weather. Um, LaTroy has been a big help. He's been a big help these past couple weeks. Um, he's really transitioning from the workforce to kind of what it's like to be an entrepreneur, right? Um, so I believe in taking care of the people around me. So I was like, you know what? If you want to start taking this full force, I won't pay you as much hourly, but I'm actually giving him revenue share, right? And a lot of people don't do that um, because this is our baby, right? You don't want to just hand over your baby. But um, I felt the need to say that because I feel like your number twos, you should always take care of your number twos because they're going to be out there in the field when the number ones are out trying to build the company. Right. So um, so anyway, I said that to say he's trying to keep up with me. His body is not conditioned to, be, to do what I do because I've been doing this for years. So I've kept trying to tell him to slow down. Earning the midnight oil. Burning the midnight oil for sure at both ends. So um, we have a guest here today and I can't wait to introduce her because you are a legend. You are a Weber County legend. And I know she doesn't probably understand that because when you're in the heat of the battle, um, you don't always get to see what's going on around you. Um, when people say uplifting things about me and what I'm doing in my business, we don't ever see it because we're not on the outside looking in. We don't it's know. It's just what we do. It's just what we do. It's just what we do. So um, today is Anna. How you doing, Anna? I'm good. Awesome. I'm good. Anna is, I just, we literally just met, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, um, okay, who is LaTroy sending this week, right? And then you told me that you owned Jesse Jeans, right? So anybody in Weaver County knows Jesse Jeans. That's why I said you're a legend in your own route, right? Because for Weaver County, I don't think I've talked to anyone who didn't know your restaurant, right? Right. Um, when I was introduced to it, you were on 1900 in Roy, and then you moved to 25th Street in Ogden. Yeah. And we'll get into all that, why you moved and um, where, where, you're, where you're at with the business and um, moving forward. But um, date night, psh, we took him to Jesse Jeans. We always go to Jesse Jeans. Dude, if you saw so many of the people we knew were like plenty of fish. <laughs> you could see the awkwardness and we would sit in the kitchen. We had a big uh, monitor in the kitchen, you know, we'd flip it up on the camera and be like, those two are plenty of fish. <laughs> so it was cafe style breakfast. Um, and it was one of those good old 
local cafes that, yeah. that we really miss. The creaks in the, in the floorboard, um, maybe the door that don't match up. You know what I mean? Like so much. just that home feel. You know, like um, you know, and that's that's a dying breed. Everything's going corporate, corporate, especially in Utah. In Utah, there's it's really hard to find a good mom and pop, right? Like yeah. um, everybody's corporate. So. Um, so let's let's dive into that. Let's get straight into it. Um, first of all, what got you in entrepreneurship? What age were you at? What made you say, you know what, I'm gonna do this? Um, so I was in my 20s. I moved to Utah. I'm from Northern California, so I grew up north of San Francisco. I grew up in the wine country before it was cool. Uh huh. Um, you know, I moved to the big city of San Jose right at 18, right out of high school. Boom, gone. I moved out here to Utah. I actually spent 15 years in the body shop business before I started the restaurant. So I worked on cars and I painted and I did outside sales. And so I moved to Utah in 1996 uh-huh. and I was like, good, good grief. There's no coffee shops here. Uh-huh. Right. I had no idea that like it was taboo. <laughs> so, and it was a lot more, uh, segregated when I moved here, you know, uh-huh. from the predominant religion. So I, I knew I was in outside sales. So I knew like where the five coffee shops in the entire state where I feel like, right. 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 So I would hit them and then I was sitting and talking to my friend that I worked with. And I was like, man, you know, in California we would go, we didn't like to hang out at the bars, you know, that, that scene was over for us already. And so we would go to the local coffee shop. And there was always like a clothing store nearby and a bakery. And so we'd kind of make like a date night out of it for the girls. And I'm like, I want to do something like that here. And um, I was like, but it's not possible. And my friend's like, why is it not possible? Literally. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and so he That's actually great. set me up to go to a, a actually badass coffee to do to talk to them about one of their uh, buying a franchise. Right. Uh-huh. So I go in, we have this meeting and I'm like why am I going to pay somebody else to be a puppet in my own business? That makes no sense. So I started doing research. He bought me this little, remember those binders that came out with this said success and admiration and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he bought me one of those and I started keeping my notes in it. And then I found out about like score and the small business development center and all these things. And so I started going to meetings and researching and reading and pretty soon here we are. I see this little building in Roy Actually, originally, I wanted to do just a little coffee drive through in the Harmon's parking lot. And uh, Woodbury Corporation was like, yeah, we're on board. I had it designed by a builder down in Draper, this, that, the other. Go to sign the contracts. And they're like, oh, we don't want you to do smoothies because we're open. This Jake's over the top. So you can't do that. And I'm like, Shh, nope. So driving around and I see this little old diamond in the rough house for sale. 5128 South, 1900 West. Wow. Old house right next to an LDS bookstore. Uh Uh-huh. Coffee shop. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, God, what is this house? You know what I mean? So Uh go in and see it. It's, It's a wreck. It's... But it has good bones, and it's got the original hardwood floor, and there's history. You can feel the spirit in this building, and I'm like, this is it. So we bought the building, super cheap, 25 years ago, and we... We b- rebuilt it, uh-huh. and we had a general contractor, but we did all the work, and he did all the hard stuff, and just oversaw what we did. So myself, my mom, my brothers came from California, my dad, 
um, ex-husband yeah. <laughs> and we we built all and we built this house um like the drive up there was a there used to be a garage there there were six thousand bricks that my mom cleaned by hand to use wow. on the other side of the building to keep it all aesthetically the same so we built the old house and away we went wow we opened on a wing and a prayer we didn't have any working capital whatsoever we borrowed against my house and everything else we could and we started Jesse Jeans. Nice. November 1st of 2000. It's crazy how information alone changes situations, right? Mm-hmm. Because here you are thinking, you know, it'd be a great idea to do something great. But you didn't believe at that point in time that you could do it until your friend said, well, why don't you do it? Right. (laughs) Then the light switch kind of turns on and say, well, you know what? Why can't I do it? Yep. And that is the turning point in so many people's lives, right? Yeah. Just knowing that they can do it. You know what I mean? Yep. You'll come up with a ton of excuses on why you can't. Um, But if you really dissect those Excuses, you really find out that they are just excuses. They're right. not really roadblocks. They're just fear, too. I think. You oh, know? yeah. Fear is a huge uh, contributor to staying stifled. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I tell people all the time fear should be on the bus, but it shouldn't be driving it. You right. know what I mean? Because um, once you get into the action and the doing, and you stop thinking about it, right? Because so many people will keep just thinking about it and getting into that little rat rat wheel where the gears are just going, 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 but you're not doing anything. Yep. If you just start taking action, you really won't even have time to sit there and think about uh, why you can't do it because you just need to know that you're all in. We got to get this done. And that's what's going to have you cleaning 6,000 bricks by hand, right? Because yep. <laughs> yeah. you're like, I'm in it now. So Yeah, it, it was a great experience. It, and it, I mean, trials and tribulations that just strengthened uh, us at every turn, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just an incredible journey. If you would have told me, then that I would be a restaurant owner for 20 years before we shut the doors or that I was going to live through COVID, a worldwide pandemic that, you know, nobody knew. I mean, it's just, or, you know, we're going through a government shutdown in our first couple of months on a, in a new location. These, all these things that you don't, I always tell people I work with, everything is just a problem we need to solve. Mm -hmm. We just need to take a step back, analyze it, dissect it and work piece by piece on it. Yeah. And so, yeah, 20 years. What did that first year look like? Horrific. My first year was horrific. I worked full time um, and kudos to Superior Automotive in Salt Lake family owned business. They employed me when I moved to Utah and all the way through getting into my business and getting it going and still allowed me to work for them while I was trying to run my business. So I worked full time in Salt Lake as an outside sales rep. And so I would get off work, go to the restaurant. Back then we were open till like 11 o'clock at night because we didn't know any better. Uh So I would work all night, close the restaurant, send all the staff home. And then I would bake all night until two or three in the morning. Wow. Get a few hours of sleep on the couch. And do it all over again. Mm-hmm. I was also going through a divorce mm. in the very beginning. And so, yeah, it was just a tumultuous time. And I was, like, not going to give up. Yeah. Where did the name come from, Jesse Jean? So, my name is Jesse Anna Jean. Okay. Okay. And so, we were kicking around ideas and names. And we were just like, oh, you know what? What's catchy? And then, all of a sudden, I'm like, I got it. There you go. Jesse Jean's Coffee And beans. I can see the logo. That's the power of a great brand is when someone says the name 
name, boom, you can immediately see Me. the logo. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's people in the photo, right? So originally the logo was just me, one of my friends in California that was a, an artist. Uh, she drew the very first rendition. Uh-huh. Um, and you can ha- it has the Washas Mountains behind it. And like she's got me all curvaceous and the things I'm not. And it was just rad, you know. <laughs> and it was just a drawing back. I mean, this was before computers were really up and going, right? Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. so we'd scan it in and copy and paste. And yeah. It looked like crap. And we used it. And then over the years, uh, it changed and evolved. And then I met Mickey Hickel, who's an amazing human being. She lives in South Carolina now. And she drew the newer version of me. Uh-huh. And then when Ron walked into my life in 2009, she drew the next version with Ron and I together. Okay. And so it just kept adding. You know, I, uh-huh. this is one of the original Jesse Jean shirts I'm wearing right now. Ah. And so it just evolved. So when Ron came into my life, it just evolved into the next piece. And it was no longer, you know, it was Ron and Anna. Ron yeah. and Anna, Ron and Anna. And he worked side by side with me night and day for from 2009 until we closed. Mm. Would you say rebranding helps or hurts the the business or it doesn't really matter as far as well we partnered in another business that we rebranded and we didn't use jesse jeans bad idea it didn't work no didn't catch didn't stick wasn't it didn't because by that time we had our name recognition of us Mm -hmm. and everybody i mean it got to the point where people you know call it we're going to jj you know i mean it just took involvement on its own and i think when you try and rebrand if you've already got something that's sticking and you try and do that you almost shoot yourself in the foot wow for in my perspective Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so because even today i mean people know us because we look just like our logo right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i mean people have come up to me and like oh you're jesse jean i'm like oh i'm really just anna but it's cool (laughs) nice to meet you nice to meet you you know and my mom who worked tirelessly with me in the restaurant now and she works at bryson's rock shop my mom does and people are like oh my god there's jesse jean's mom still (laughs) and my mom's always like god i I just have this identity of Jesse Jean's mom, you know? And uh-huh. So it's, you know, I think that when you get something that works and the thing that worked for us is it's us, uh-huh. like yours is you, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're staying true to who you are and what you do and what you believe in and your passion shows through in your logo. 100%. What was the highlight of Jesse Jean's? The highlight? What was like... The aha moment? Oh, the aha moment. What was the best moment you've had? Proudest moment? Well, I'm going to cry. There's been so many. Uh Um, I think all of the advocacy work that we did through the restaurant was amazing. The aha moments were impeccable. The one that hits me the hardest is when my brother died Mm. in 2017. It was one year, one month before his 40th birthday, and he he passed away. We don't, he had some heart conditions we didn't know about, and it was instantaneous. Like, overnight, my brother was gone. Oh, no. And the community pulled together, and they paid for my brother's funeral. And in moments, like, I, I'm at the mortuary with my dad. We're finding out how much it costs. And my dad's like, I don't have that. I don't have that much money. How are we going to take care of your brother? And I did a simple JJ Facebook post that said, like, I'm at the funeral home and my parents don't have the money to bury my brother. Mm -hmm. In probably 40 minutes, we had like $7,000. Wow. And we took the money that we needed to bury my brother 
and we took everything remaining and we did a scholarship in his honor at the OWATC. Wow. And we put it in the two trades that my brother loved most, cooking and welding. Mm -hmm. So we were able to take the rest of the money, several thousand dollars, and give a donation to the ATC in my brother's honor. And I think that is one of the most memorable moments for us because it just showed so much about humans and just overall i mean when the government shutdown hit and we were on 25th street and i mean we had commissioner reddick come and visit us at jesse jean's coffee beans i don't do you know who commissioner reddick is no he's the director of the irs wow he's the big guy he was appointed by trump Mm -hmm. and he came to jesse jean's and hung out with us and our crew and and he donated money to our pay it forward mail and I was just like in awe that this guy, this politician, huge, big, big dude, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. appointed by the president of the United States is standing in Jesse Jeans, giving us challenge coins and telling us, thank you for being good humans. Wow. Huge, mm-hmm. huge. So there has been so many amazing aha moments. I don't know how you define right, right. the highest one. Makes every, all the hours worth it. Oh. Those, those moments makes everything the hard work that you put in worth it yeah you know what i mean there has been so many incredible stories and moments and connections uh we found my husband's dad his real father when he turned 50 so just five years ago and uh one of the customers um richard dick he uh he heard ron's story and heard that ron had found his real dad and he bought us three round trip tickets to louisiana for us to go and meet ron's real father for the first time ever wow and had he not done that we might not have been able to get there to see him and ron's dad so speaking of the i mean we're not speaking of it but we will but the universe and how it works right Mm -hmm. so we met ron's father for the very first time on january 16th my little brother died on january 16th Ron's dad died on February 20th the following year, which was my brother's birthday. Mm-hmm. So they lived and died on each other's birthdays. Wow. And they came into our life. His dad came into our life just five years ago. Just five. Wow. Wow. But people like that, like Dick, who just heard the story and had never met his real father and gifted, just surprised us and bought airline tickets for Ron to make a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, how many opportunities in your life do you get to see true kindness Mm -hmm. take place Mm -hmm. yeah and really be able to feel it right right i've been i have been blessed with that multiple times in my 20 years in jesse jeans yeah yeah you put out you 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 get back what you put out Mm -hmm. good or bad no matter what you believe in no matter what you believe in you always if you whatever you put out there is what you're going to get back yeah you know um if you put love out there you're going to get love back right if you put hate out there you're going to get hate back right right? if you give money you're going to get money back you know um if you put time in you get time back so it always full services it might not happen the next day or the same day but it's it's you got a credit now right right you got a credit so um hats off to you hats off you've been through a lot and I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you're an amazing person. You're a strong person. You're a survivor. You know what I mean? And people don't understand how much stuff goes in behind the scenes. Oh, You know what I yeah. mean? They see where you're at. They see your brand. They see what's going on. And you carry yourself as if it's easy. But... 
but inside you're broken and you're crying and you're mm-hmm. in your bathtub with tears streaming down your face and you, you can barely catch your breath and you have suicidal moments and you mm-hmm. have dark moments and you have I don't know how to take the next step moments and everybody just sees what you put on the front they don't live your story they don't understand I think that's the biggest piece for me in this world is to teach people that everybody has a story mm-hmm. and you you don't judge what you don't know right. and we shouldn't judge anyway honestly right. but until you walk in those shoes mm-hmm. it's just it's a surreal thing I mean you know yeah. working in Let's the restaurant see. business mm-hmm. uh, it's a hard business 20 years uh I worked many days open to close, you know, Mm -hmm. I I worked through like taking every deposit I could make. So I had enough money to run and and pay the payroll, Mm -hmm. you know, um, going back to that very first year, I took all my paychecks from my full-time job to pay my payroll for my employees in Roy. So I would cash my paycheck and put it in my bank at the business Mm -hmm. to pay my employees to keep that going because I knew that's what we needed to do. That failure was not an option. Giving up was not an option. Failure to me, I should rephrase that. Failure is not an option in the fact that everybody has failure, but it's the lesson that we learn that we come from it. Definitely. So it it isn't in like, I want to make sure I say that right, you know, Mm -hmm. because to me, the experience and learning that's what we need to take. Mm -hmm. So I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And yeah, there were many days. And in 20 years time, I only closed Jesse jeans twice, twice, Wow! like literally closed it. We closed it for a week during COVID so that the employees could have a break and recoup. And we closed for one day when my brother died. That's it. Mm. In 20 years, we worked every holiday. We would close on Thanksgiving, but we weren't closed because we would do a meal for the community. And everybody would come together and we would eat together. And people would, we would do the ham and the turkey and those things. And all the people that signed up to come and have Thanksgiving with us would bring a side dish. And we would, the doors were open to anyone. And we met some amazing people and built that tradition. We were open on Christmas morning for coffee for who wanted to come hang out and who didn't have a place to go. We never closed except for those two times. Wow. And you know what? Um, I'm always checking in on small businesses. I will always support small businesses over big businesses. Right. And I feel like I'm so connected to it that. When you guys moved from 1900, I remember driving there, I was going to Jesse Jean's, and then I seen a sign that said you moved to 25th Street. I'm not going to lie to you. I got like a pit in my stomach. One of like, the hardest decisions I've ever made. Yeah. And a part of me was happy because it's like, okay, they're growing and I see what they're doing. But I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this one, right? I don't right. know about this move. Um but the thing what? is, if you don't take the risk, you don't know, right? For sure. So that's the thing we were at. We we didn't want to move, but we couldn't find bigger space. And we'd mm-hmm. outgrown where we were at. We right. just couldn't shut one more person through those doors. You know, we were, you went there. We were busy from the time we mm-hmm. opened at 5 in the morning until the time we closed at night. Yeah. And and we just, we were like, you know, is, is this where we want to stay? Is the ceiling, have we capped? Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we took a chance. So we're going to dive into that when we come back. Um, 
you took this striving business, right, um, on in this area with the historic house, and then you moved to 25th Street. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to dive into why you did that. What were some of the lessons that you learned? Was there ups and downs on 25th Street as compared to 1900? Did you lose customers? All that stuff we'll dive into because it's a learning thing, right? right. Um, so uh, information, like I said, changes situations. So I can't wait to come back. And then we're going to dive more into what you're doing now, what's, what's the life like moving forward. Um, because like I said, I was such a huge fan, and I'm still a huge fan. Now that I know you personally, I'm a bigger fan because <laughs> I didn't know you before. So, um, But anyway, we're going to come back. Uh, tune in here in a minute. The process isn't a choice. We will be waiting for you at the path on the way to the top. Thank you for joining us today. Shut your eyes. Can you imagine your future? Now, take a step forward. Are you ready to move in the direction of freedom? Peace and possibility. Welcome to the way to the top, where we will examine the process of where you are in life and where you are going. Your potential lies in the process, not at the top. Watch your life transform before while on the way to the top. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is James with James. Gourmet Pies, <laughs> and we are here with our co-host here, or not co-host, our guest host, um, uh, Anna. So, Anna was um, a, a thriving business owner of Jesse Jeans, one of my favorite restaurants here in Weber County. Um, and so, where we left at was, we have this thriving business, people can't sit down, there's hour wait, uh, long waits at um, the location that you're at on 1900. Historical building um, has has a character, um, and now you're thinking about branching out to go to go into another location. My first question is for one: when you were looking, what made you shut this one down, and then two, um, what brought you to Ogden? Were you looking in Ogden? Were you looking in uh, Roy? We originally started looking in Roy. We looked everywhere we could, you know, but Roy does not have a lot of commercial space available. They kind of pushed and pushed for years and years to be that bedroom community, so it really restricted what was available there. Got it. So we looked for a long time in Roy, and then we started looking at other areas, and we weren't essentially looking at 25th Street, but... Um, kind of a crazy thing so when i met ron in 2009 one of the first times we went to breakfast together we sat in front of karen's cafe and ron looked at me and he's like someday we're gonna be here we're gonna run a business here and i'm like you're out your mind friend and this was in ogden on 25th street Mm -hmm. okay um and then just fast forward and this opportunity came to fruition and um ron's like well let's try this i was i was hesitant Um, The reason we closed Roy and didn't try to do two is because, as you know, when you leave your own business to other people to run, 
they don't care like you do. Right, right. And so we didn't want to not be present in our business, mm-hmm. and we knew we couldn't duplicate ourselves. So that is one of the reasons that we ended up closing Roy and moving the whole thing to Ogden is because we couldn't figure out how to not have our customers potentially suffer because we couldn't trust in what we had. I mean, we had really good people, but even at that, they still don't care about your business like you do. Right. And when you're not corporate and you are a mom and pop and you do everything from scratch the way you do it, you have to be there. You you have to show that presence. Yeah. So that's the reason we did end up closing Roy down and moving to Ogden when, when this opportunity came. Um, hindsight is always, you know, Hindsight. For sure, for sure. So uh, for our listeners that are not in Utah, um, to break it down, Weber County, um, just like any other county, has different cities in it. Right. The major city in Weber County is Ogden. Right. The major downtown strip is 25th Street. Yep. Um, Roy, where you guys were at, um, is more residential. Rural. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, more rural, more, um, I would even say maybe even an older community. Yeah. Yeah, because 25th Street is kind of younger, And we were a, a standalone building in Roy, so we were the destination. They were coming to us, mm-hmm. you know. Definitely. 25th Street, they were coming to the street. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a totally different experience. Uh, it was like starting all over. Oh. Uh, in hindsight, if we'd known, I would have never done it. Um, that being said, had we never done it, I would not be where I'm at today. Yeah. Uh, so that's True. why I'm very appreciative of every lesson that I learn and mm-hmm. what's been what has come from it. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of go with that, you know. Uh, okay. So we moved from Roy to 25th Street. You took all your equipment. Did you leave your equipment there? We took everything. Took everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened with that building? Is there someone else there? Yeah. Or did they? Okay. So someone else moved into that one. So you guys weren't forced to leave that location. No. You just was looking to grow. Right. You was looking to grow. Okay. So you left that building, went to 25th Street. What was that opening week look like? Were you able to bring all of your customers immediately? No. Oh, my goodness. We lost most of our customers. It's weird because you think from Roy to Ogden, it's, what, a five-minute drive, essentially? Not you know? that far at all. Not that far at all. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, it's just Ogden. It'll be fine. No, we. it was literally starting over. Wow. We didn't have hardly any of our Roy customers come to Ogden. Wow. So we had to start over. Do you think part of that is marketing at all, or do you just think there's a black cloud over Ogden. <laughs> well, I think 25th Street is difficult to navigate. Parking sucks, uh, yeah. all these things. Um, yeah, it was just weird and unfortunate and fortunate at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't know. Ogden's a different dynamic. It's a different breed of human over here. It's a lot, lot different. I mean, uh, a couple weeks into it, I looked at Ron and I'm like, what the have we done? Yeah. Like, what, now, what what month and year is this when you guys settled in in Ogden? So we opened in July of 2018. We left Roy. We closed one month prior. 2018? Uh-huh. Okay. So we were here two years on 25th Street before. So the first in that first six months, the government shutdown happened. And so that was horrific. Um, and yeah. we navigated that. So we navigated that different than anybody else because we were like, well, if we're going to close because of something we can't control, we're going to help some people on the way out. And that just just one thing led to another. So one thing you, you hear a lot of entrepreneurs say is location, location, location. Yeah. Now, you went from a place that's rural 
to a bigger city where you have more exposure. Right. How would you say that location didn't serve you? So when people say location, 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 it's not just about the numbers, the many many people that you see, but the location is important. How? How do you see that? Well, you got to fit into your dynamic. Okay. You know, for one. Um, And it's weird because 25th Street is divided up, too. You know, you look and you have, like, the 100 block that seems to be kind of like the stepkids, per se. You know, like, 100 block is different than 200 block than is different than 300 block. Okay. Sometimes people only walk in that first block. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have to fit the dynamic. You have to fit... As an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you have to bring in the people that fit who you are. Right, right. As your customer base. Yeah. And that was a detriment for us initially because we're not, we don't fit the click. Okay. We beat okay. to our own drum. Yeah. So that was a, that was a, a barrier. So, so you went from an older crowd on 1900 to, would you say a younger crowd on 25th or? More people coming to visit the area. Okay. You know, so they're coming. Uh, more tourists than, mm-hmm. than the locals now. Okay. A little bit more, you know, a little bit more elitist type mentality, a little bit more like I owe you something versus like you're here to get a good meal and conversate. Yeah. So a lot more, uh, yeah, it was a lot more difficult. So then we're going to the shutdown. Um, this is about March of 2020, right? For COVID, um, yeah. For COVID. March of 2020. And I remember asking a lot of my business associates, um, what's going on with Jesse Jeans? Because Jesse Jeans was really in the conversation with entrepreneurs. Um, and you guys were in the heat of the battle because from what I was hearing, um, your customers wanted you to shut down. You guys were on the fence about it, whether you should close the doors or not. This is, again, this is March 2020. Uh, the, the shutdown is still brand new, um, and people don't know if you should be open. But meanwhile, other businesses are still doing takeout only or um, deliveries or something like that. So we, we stayed open the entire time. Uh, we had to learn to navigate a lot more takeout because everything was takeout. The inside couldn't have anyone in it. Mm-hmm. Then we had to learn and navigate ordering apps and the cost to do that. Uh, so we had to learn a lot fast. We had to transition because we did takeout, but we didn't do 100% takeout. Mm-hmm. Our location wasn't designed for it. We weren't equipped to do it. And so we did stay open 100% of the time. Why do you think your customers were so vocal about your particular... Because I'm like, well, why aren't they talking about the other businesses and restaurants that are open? But your customers were like, Jesse Jeans needs to not be open or something like that. Like, why were they so vocal about that? I think that people looked at us to set the precedent. Okay. I think... uh, because we had been so, we have always been vocal in our mm, our work that we do and our and okay. our act, activist work I guess that, that we do. Okay, so All I right. think that they were looking at us to be like, we're going to follow suit what they do. Mm. And when we were like, we don't know what to do. People it were was like, new well, for you, everybody. You you always know what to do. What do you mean you don't know what uh. to do? So it was kind of like, how do you know what to do? Like, who knew what to do? Nobody. We still don't. I mean, the numbers are rising again right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there was only uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a mix. We had amazing customers support us. And then we had some that were like, 
not supportive. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it is what it is. This wow. is new for everyone. We don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Right. We want to protect ourselves and our family, but our families can't afford to not be here. Oh, we're, wow. we're a small business. If we don't have our doors open, we don't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. That's Unsurmountable. That's a lot of pressure to put on, on one person and one business, like, especially when there's so much division at that po- at that time you know what i mean like the ugliness in our country seriously broke my heart and soul down yeah that's crazy covid politics i'm like what is wrong with all of you like this is not how we're supposed to be as in, as human beings we're not supposed to be but human beings are not designed mm-hmm. to be quarantined and to be isolated and we're social butterflies yeah so it broke down the very fabric of our mental well-being wow so what was that last when you guys decided to close the doors what did that look like why did you do it what year what month was it it was january 26 2021 okay and we had gone back and forth you know like let's try one more week let's try one more day let's try one more hour let's try this Uh, the crew was working their tails off and they were imploding they were just taxed emotionally physically financially you know the ordering apps were taking all the you know all the tips and all the money so the people that were working weren't making survivable wages Mm. we didn't have a way to offset that because we weren't making survivable income it just and when the food prices started to skyrocket and some of the things started to happen with that and we had to decide if we were going to cut corners right Mm -hmm. because that's what you have to do and compromise the quality of what we built ourselves on which is our reputation Mm -hmm. or just to close the doors we just ripped the band-aid off and closed the doors wow wow and i know that had to be taxing on you or were you so involved in your new no, adventure that one of the most difficult days that mm, i've ever been yeah, through because you put your blood sweat and tears into growing his brand and and the and it was destroying my my relationship with my husband he mm. had asked for a, he's like i want a divorce mm-hmm. and and i was like holy sh-, you know yeah. like i don't know what to do here and it was just uh one of the lowest points I'd been in. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. I, you know what? Um, I was confronted with that as well. And people don't understand how hard that is on an entrepreneur to grow something from ground up. And then your spouse says, you know, it's me or the business, you know? Um, so I've been divorced for a year now. Um, and that's why, well, my <laughs> because I got that ultimatum and I was like, well, I built this from ground up. So, uh, you know what? Because I made that decision with my dog, right? Um, I had a dog that I loved, right? Samaj, I waited my whole life for this Doberman. And this same ex-wife was like, it's me or the dog. And you got rid of the dog. And I got rid of my dog. Yeah. To this day, I miss my dog. I still think about my dog. Because when you wait your whole life to get something and you finally get it, and then someone's like, it's me or that. Yeah. And you're like, you don't understand what this means to me, right? Um, Well, and Ron and I are together. mm -hmm. And we're working on things. And we actively work on things. And who knows what the future will hold. I hope that it keeps him in my life forever. But you don't know. Um, But it was, you know, both of us in that business night and day. So it just... 
yeah, and it was just too much. It was yeah. too much on our mental well-being. It was too much on Ron's mental well-being, on the staff, everything. It just And that's why I don't judge anyone from making those decisions because it's a really tough decision. And even on the outside looking in, people ask me, well, why would you get rid of your dog for someone that you, you love at this time? You know, And I'm like, well, when you're in this situation and you think you love this person and you, you know you love this person, you, you make the best decision that you can. You know, Because now it's not just about you, but you're bringing someone else in and you're bringing their 20, 30, 40 years of experience and you're trying to marry that with your 20, 30, 40 year experience. So there's got to be some give and take. Um, So I totally understand making that decision. Um, And maybe... You just needed a break for a little bit. Will there be another Jesse Jeans? That's what the people want to know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't foresee that we won't do something in the future, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I Caterings mean, or weddings or... Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So what we're going to jump into now is after you shut the doors, what opportunities was given to you? Um, because no one ever really shuts their doors without a plan B, right? Um, yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, so there is a plan B. Well, I had a plan B, um, but that plan B came from the restaurant, from the work, from... The openness of who we are talking about mental health, addiction, homelessness, all those things and our honesty about, you know, who we are as human beings that opened doors for me. And so today I am the homeless services advocate for the police department for the city of Ogden. And I'm doing that full time and I'm very proud and honored of the work that Mm -hmm. I do and the people I work with. And um, the the chiefs, you know, Chief Young now, Chief Watt, who hired me and the city for um, opening, coming to the table and meeting in the gray area and working on a path to bring both sides together. And I'm grateful. I I couldn't ask for a better place. Yeah. Hats off to you. Um, Because it's needed. It's necessary. Right. Well, it's necessary to see individuals because what we have done in this world hasn't worked right on both sides on the extreme of both sides we we have to come in the gray and we have to see individuals we have to know individual stories we can't basket all people together we have to look at the individual person meet them where they're at and define what is what's the first step yeah and how do we help them help themselves but there has to be accountability in that you have, you yeah. have to have accountability 100%. and i was just about to say if i play devil's advocate here um People will say, why put time, money, and effort into someone who don't want to help themselves? Because there are chronic homeless out there, there and people that don't want better. Like, But they do you just, know their story? Exactly. Everybody has their story. Right. Everybody has their story. But the ones that are okay or chronically homeless, is there changing their mind is this something that they need to know have you seen a chronic homeless person change or is that the life that they just choose to live and want to live i have been working with someone that's chronically homeless has been homeless for 16 years Mm. we started uh our relationship our friendship with him at jesse jeans Mm -hmm. so i knew him prior to this job and i have seen a monumental change Because it took knowing his story and what tipped him over to begin with Mm -hmm. to start helping him deal with the trauma to take those baby steps to change his life. And I, so yes, yes. 
And you know what? Yeah, you are going to get the people that want, you know, there's there's good and bad in everything, right? Oh, yeah, in so everybody, too. So you're going to get the people that don't want help. You're going to get the people that manipulate. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. But what you choose to do is look at the individual. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the biggest drive that I have that we need to look at in this society is not just basketing the homeless together. To me, you look at homelessness, that's just a symptom of why they got there. To you, you look at the trauma, the right. core mm-hmm. of what started it. Yeah. That's where we need to start. Mm-hmm. Because home, people don't just wake up and be like, I want to be homeless. Today. Right, right, right. It, there, is a, there is a situation, a sim, something that started that spiral. Yeah. And you need to learn the individual build the trust, find out what that is and help them repair that to move forward. And then we have chronically homeless, mentally ill individuals that are on our streets that there is no way to help them. And that is a broken piece of our society. Yeah. Someone that is mentally ill that has schizophrenia or any of those other things should not, we should not say that it's more humane to have them living on our streets, eating out of garbage cans covered in feces. And that's what we're doing in this society today. Yeah. Oh, it's happening in Ogden. I live in downtown Ogden. And there's this lady who walks up and down the street. Um, sometimes she has a top on. Sometimes she doesn't. And she's always yelling oh, uh, and screaming. Yep. Some, sometimes she's just yelling the N-word at the top of her lungs. I know exactly who you're talking about. And one day, I'm walking down the street, um, and she's walking up the street. So I'm like, here we go, right? Um is, what's she going to say? Is she going to be conf- confrontational? Is she going to be cool? Uh, what's going to happen, right? And we get to the point where we're locking eyes and we're feet from each other. And um, I still talk to her because I know she there's, there's there's some screws loose, right? It's right. not like, you know, she's choosing this for her herself. Right. Um, and she just asked me in a very polite, well-mannered um, tone. Do you have a few bucks that I can have? You know, I got to do this. I got to do that. And um, I did. I gave her a couple bucks. And, yeah, I told her I'd be praying for her. Um, And I did. I said a prayer for her. Um, I understand that she's battling her demons. Um, She's never called me out of my name or anything like that. And when she's walking down the street, she's not talking to anybody. She's just yelling. Right. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. You know what I mean? I do. And some people would take take offense to that. But um, if you know who you are, is what I tell people all the time, that you won't subscribe to what other people tell you. And you can clearly tell that this lady is broken. broken, Right. And people don't understand that mentally ill people like that are not generally violent. They're unpredictable, but they're not usually violent. But they're not usually violent. And that's the misconception, you know. Mm -hmm. And you think about it in society when they've been dealt with over and over and over again as subhuman. Mm hmm. Even 100%. even mentally ill, yeah. that's gonna have bearing on how they yeah. how so, they deal with things. And I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So five percent of our brain is what I keep saying on the show, and I will keep saying it, and I keep telling everybody. Five percent is things that we know that we know. We know how to get dressed. We know how to talk English. We know how to tie our shoes. We know how to ride a bike. We know how to drive a car. So on and so forth. 10% of the things in our brain we know that we don't know. We don't know how to fly a plane. We don't know how to speak Mandarin. Um, if we can't canoe, we don't know how to canoe. Right. Conduct a train. 10% of the things we know that we don't know. 
right? And then that 85% of our brain, which makes us unique and who we are, is things that we don't know that we don't know about ourselves. You know, it's, we're not conscious of it. Um, this is things that we've seen that's, that's, that's we've interpreted and, you know, it's just in our subconscious. You know what I mean? This is things that people said to us that they might not have said to anybody else again that we interpreted to be a certain way, right? So, and this starts from birth. You yeah. know, you're interpreting things. You're a sponge as a kid. You're soaking things up, you know? And even though you might not be conscious of it, it's made who you who you are, right? There's family members that when they flip out and they get angry, I notice people older in the family who did that trait and they're mimicking that. They don't. They're not aware of it. It's just who they become to be. But um, environment. It's their environment. They're a product of their environment. So um, I try to pe- treat, treat, treat everyone as an individual. And like you said, you don't know their stories. You don't know their background. Um, but that their story help mold who they are today. Mm-hmm. So I commend you for um, everything that you're doing for the community. Still, even post um, entrepreneurship, um, you're armed with so much information now. Um, hopefully, you take that information yep. and grow on it. If if that's not conducive for your family, I understand that family comes first. Your mental health comes first. You got to do what works for you. Yep. Uh, back out on the scene, whether it's doing catering or whatever, but you know. Well, and we do have our nonprofit we're working on, so we're going to keep doing things. So there you go. Keep watching for the Rad Hero Foundation. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, we still have the Jesse Jeans Facebook my information you can call me uh on my phone uh-huh. you can message me what was the um, rad foundation rad say? hero foundation ron and anna davidson helping everyone receive opportunity wow how did they get a hold of that page uh, it's radhero.org nice and we have a facebook page but we still use the jesse jeans facebook page too we kept that open because we have like six thousand people on there that's way cool thank you so much for joining us oh my god it was it was such a pleasure meeting you having this real conversation hopefully we can have you back on the show again um hats off to everything that you're doing um and again just thank you for joining us thank you thank you for having me (laughs) see you guys we'll be back next week with another great conversation love you guys The process isn't a choice. We will be waiting for you at the path on the way to the top. Thank you for joining us today.